that we have this broadcasting tower inside of us. And at any moment that we choose, we can either tune in to the F-E-A-R, the fear station, which is where your inner mean girl, inner critic, saboteur, gremlin, whatever you want to call it, is broadcasting Mm 24-7. Or we can really turn the dial and tune in to the L-O-V-E, the love channel, which is where our inner wisdom is broadcasting loving truth all the time, 24-7. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 293 with guest Amy Ehlers. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. This week, I am bringing you an archived post that is from a long ass time ago. So I'll bet there are so many of you that haven't heard it. This goes back all the way to episode 56 when I had my friend and colleague, Amy Ehlers, here on the podcast. And since then, I have gotten to know Amy so much better. She and I are in a little peer mastermind group that we put together, and you may have heard me mention this mastermind. It's just this group of really incredible women, and over the last few years, I've just really gotten to know Amy. She's, she's, first of all, so incredibly smart. She has so much experience and tenure in this industry. She knows her stuff. I got to hand it to her. The woman really knows her stuff. Not only that, she is genuinely one of the most compassionate people I've ever met. Hearing her ooze compassion, whether it's to me or whether I'm witnessing it as she's giving it to someone else, it just, it seems like it comes so naturally to her. I don't know if it's a skill that she's honed over the years, but it just is such a beautiful thing to watch. She has an incredible heart, and I'm excited to bring this to you. We're talking about the inner critic, what Amy refers to as your inner mean girl. I like to talk about the inner critic a decent amount over here. You all know that. And so when I get somebody on the podcast who also talks about it, I love it because other people might explain things a little bit differently than I do, or they have different tools that I don't have. And so I'm ecstatic to have you hear this woman's wisdom. For those of you who might be brand new to Amy, let me tell you a little bit about her. Amy Ehlers is a master women's leadership coach, keynote speaker, and the best-selling author of Big Fat Lies Women Tell Themselves and Reform Your Inner Mean Girl. Amy is on a mission to stop women from self-bullying and being so darn hard on themselves so they can make their greatest possible contribution. So without further ado, here is Amy Ehlers. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. Andrea, I'm so happy to be here. And as you know, I have a mutual love and respect for your you and your work. And I'm just so excited. I love kick ass. I love ass kickers. So I'm just thrilled <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Thank you. And we are going to talk about all things, what you refer to as inner mean girl. And my people know that I talk about the inner critic all the time because it's foundational. Yes. And you and I are from the same coaching school, right? You're, you're from CTI? I am the from CTI, Institute, yes. For those that don't yes. know. And I love that CTI calls it the saboteur, which sounds so French and fancy. 
Well, it's so funny. I went through certification so long ago, Andrea, that it was actually called the Gremlin back when I did Oh, this. they changed it. Oh, okay. They changed it. Yeah. So they did a lot of work based on the Taming Your Gremlin mm-hmm. book by Richard, Richard Carlson. Richard Carlson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they actually called it the gremlin back then. And we did a lot of the work around that. And then a few years after I went through training, they started calling it the saboteur. And no matter what you call it, the bottom line is that this is the most, I, I really feel, and I, I think that you and I are in the same ballpark with this, but that this is the thing that gets in our way of kicking ass in our life. Mm-hmm. The number one thing, Absolutely. especially for women that just like eats us alive on a daily basis. Yeah. And once you uncover this and start to work on managing it and my people hear me say this all the time, this is, and I will, I will keep saying it guys that if you're new to my podcast, this is not something that you can com- just completely get rid of that. Like that's some right. like lobotomy that you have. So that's what Amy <laughs> and I are going to talk about today is how to manage it. And what you say, like transform your inner mean girl. So that brings me to my first question. One of the remedies that you talk about, you know, I was spending a lot of time on, on your blog and one of the remedies that you talk about on how to transform your inner mean girl is to ask yourself, what does my inner wisdom know? And mm. a lot of my people, here's what I hear a lot. And, and tell me if you hear this too. A lot of my people say that they have a hard time hearing this voice and tapping into it. So what is your advice here for that? I love that you're asking this question. Yes. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, really is that tuning into your inner wisdom is it's like changing the channel. I really believe in Christina Rilo, my partner at inner mean girl reform school. And, um, you know, who I co-authored my latest book, reform your inner mean girl with, we really talk about it in terms of almost like that we have this broadcasting tower inside of us. And at any moment that we choose, we can either tune in to the F-E-A-R, the fear station, which is where your inner mean girl, inner critic, saboteur, gremlin, whatever you want to call it, is broadcasting 24-7. Mm-hmm. Or we can really turn the dial and tune in to the L-O-V-E, the love channel, which is where our inner wisdom is broadcasting loving truth all the time, 24-7. And so it really is, and this is why I love the work that you're doing is because it really is about learning what are those tools that will help you change the channel? Because as you mentioned, you can't kill off your inner critics. You can't kill off your inner mean girls. It just doesn't work, but you can, you can find those tools to work with them. And as we like to say, we reform them and redeploy them into new jobs. Mm -hmm. And so kind of circling back to your question, how do you tune in? How do you change the channel? I mean, there are so many different tools that we teach in our work and that I know that you teach in your work about doing that. But one of the most important things that we need to do to tune into our inner wisdom is to get still, is to tune in, is to literally, and I'll just invite everyone listening right now to, if it's safe to do so, if you're not driving, go ahead and close your eyes and just take a deep breath. (sighs) that right there is the beginning of tuning into our inner wisdom is going into that quiet space within. And I mentioned stillness and I think stillness can be a really profound and oftentimes an important way to start tuning into that L O V E channel. And I know also sometimes for me, movement is a really powerful way. Conscious movement for me. Um, you know, I love running and, 
Um, and I really feel like when I get that runner's high that people talk about when all of those beautiful, you know, the serotonin's flowing, you're in that place. Like right now I'm also nursing a little one-year-old baby. So when the oxytocin is flowing for me, that also helps me tune into my inner wisdom. So oftentimes for me before run, before a hike, before I'm going to get that heart rate up, I'll actually say, okay, inner wisdom, bring me messages. I'm ready. What do you have to say to me? Mm -hmm. So there's different tools. And I think it's really about learning and establishing that relationship with yourself so that you start to understand what are the ways that you can communicate with your inner wisdom. I love that. And my favorite one, and I think it's my favorite because it's the hardest, uh, and I'm speaking for myself here, but for a lot of the women that, that listen to this podcast and, and beyond is the being still part because we are so freaking busy in our lives and we do so much. I mean, not only just for other people, but just on a day-to-day basis. And so I hear a lot, you know, I just, I just don't have the time. And, and you know what? I think that having children and having really busy lives, they're all really noble excuses, especially the children one, but they're still excuses. (laughs) And oh my gosh, my to-do list is a million times long as well, but I do have the choice whether to to get still or not. And I second everything you said a thousand percent. And the whole exercise piece too is I find when I'm not exercising is when I really, really get stuck in my head and I hear things on loop and that's when I get stuck more so in the fear. And yeah, I love, I totally agree with you. I want to add one more thing. That's one of my favorites too, Yeah, is to surround yourself. And this takes time. This isn't like snap your fingers and can do it. Surround yourself with people who speak that same language, you know, that Amy and I are speaking right now and that get it even just to the littlest extent, you know, maybe like have a conversation with your best friend about this. You're like, you know, I listened to this crazy podcast by Andrea and they're talking <laughs> about this inner voice. You know, what does yours say? Here's what mine says. And, 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 and really kind of hold each other accountable. I mean, one of the, my favorite things that my best friend does for me when I'm really stuck in something and I'm agonizing over something and maybe it's a decision and she'll say, okay, well, obviously there's fear there. So what is the fear telling you? And I'm mm. to a point now where I can spit out what it, what, what the fear is. Well, my fear is saying this, like, that's like worst case, scary scenario. Right. And she's like, what is your gut saying? And that's what's like in your body, the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm. the gut, like what our gut tells us is scary. <laughs> absolutely. It absolutely is. Well, and, and I, I love it. I love everything that you're saying. I, I, I um, just kind of to go back and really put a highlighter on this of all the excuses of just how busy we are and how hard it can be and challenging it can be to, to find the time. And Christine and I always laugh about that. Like we're going to somehow like go into the kitchen and whip up more time or what have you. But the way that we frame it is it's about creating space Mm -hmm. and really claiming and carving out that space. And I know for me, that space sometimes is literally just putting my hand on my heart and taking a deep breath first thing in the morning before I launch into getting lunch ready for my oldest and getting my, mm-hmm. you know, nursing my youngest and getting her in the stroller and getting out the door. Like I just went through this. I feel like by 10 a.m. every morning, I've lived an entire lifetime because of, you know, getting the lunch ready and the breakfast ready and the this ready and the, do you have a jacket? Okay. Do you have everything that you right. need? Is Where your homework in your backpack and blah, 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 you know, all of that stuff. And then walking to school and then getting back and then getting the baby down for her nap. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's exhausting. But when I start my day by tuning in, even just for a breath, and so those of you that aren't able to do this, that don't feel like you have the time, literally start with putting your hand on your heart, 
before you brush your teeth, before you check your email, before you check your email, before you check your email, <laughs> right? Put your phone down. <laughs> Put your hand on your heart, close your eyes, and just take a deep breath and just connect in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Just that alone can be completely transformative and life-changing for people. Mm-hmm. It might sound like something so small, but I think we make yeah. up that we have to do these grandiose things. And you for really sure. baby steps, baby steps. Baby steps, for sure. And the same thing with exercise. It's like, oh, what would it be like for me to take a walk around the block? And to do that out of conscious intention, mm-hmm. with the intention of why am I doing this? I'm doing this to connect to my inner wisdom. I'm doing this to remember that I have a body you know, it's like, touch yeah. your arms, touch your legs right now. You have a body. Oh yes. my gosh. We get so stuck in our heads. Like you were saying, Andrea, it's like, oh my gosh. You know, when we get in those loops, those negative loops, it is, it's like, oh, we just need to go into our body, put on your favorite song and dance mm-hmm. for three minutes. I mean, this can, this totally and completely transformative. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. So you wrote a book, um, I think it was published in 2011, Big mm. Fat Lies Women Tell Themselves, with this, which is chock full of all the shit our inner critics tell us. <laughs> and I think there's something like 66, isn't there? Like 66 chapters, oh 66 my lies. It's so, it's so funny because now I'm like, well, how many are there? That's so funny because I've been talking so much about my new book that, hold on, let me tell you. <laughs> now it's going to be 59. I'm like, it's not 66, 59. 59. Okay. So 59 I, Big I Fat Lies. Book. Yes. Guys, run out and get it. And so can you tell us what you feel like are the most common ones you see in the women that come to you? Yes. I would say big fat lie number one in the book. So so as you were saying, Andrea, just kind of the format of this book is that each I have 59 big fat lies and each of the lies has a corresponding truth and then a coaching challenge exercise and then an affirmation and an inspiring quote. So it really is one of those very bite-sized books. You don't have to read it in order. It's not a step-by-step process. That's where my second book comes in. Mm -hmm. But my first book was really, I mean, I wrote this for the busy working mom because I know any of you out there that whether you are mom to four-legged or two-legged or, you know, auntie or whatever you are, this is, it's really bite-sized. And so Big Fat Lie number one, which is, there's a whole section in here called the mother load big fat lies. Big fat lie number one is I am not enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't that think anyone is listening just... to this podcast can relate to that, Amy. So let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know. Well, you know, it's so interesting because really that's, and this is part of the work that I love doing with women and that we do at Intermean Girl Reform School is it really is trying to find that mother load big fat lie. What is that big fat lie that's just like your inner mean girl, your inner critics go to that go to one that just gets you every time. It's like when it, when you distill it all down to the base basement bottom level, what's that one that when your inner mean girl says it to you, it just rocks you to the core. And I find I'm not enough is one of them. I'm a total fraud or I'm an imposter I'm unlovable. I'm damaged goods. These are some of those big fat lies that really are at that core bottom level. Mm-hmm. And, and when we start to really identify that, and, and, it, and it usually, I mean, these are like the types of things that, you know, when I'm in, room, uh, in rooms, either speaking at companies or leading a retreat or even doing a virtual workshop, And I ask women to turn to the person next to them or put them in a virtual breakout group and say, you know, 
what is it that the, what's the big fat lie that your inner mean girl loves to beat you up with? Women usually know the answer to that. They usually, if they just take a moment and say, oh yeah, that's Uh the one. And there's such power in really bringing that big fat lie out of the darkness and into the light so that it can be healed. And so that you can really see the absurdity of it. And I'm sure that you have noticed this too, Andrea, when you're working with your clients and you have this incredible, wonderful, amazing human being sitting across from you and you you start delving into this stuff with them and then you hear them say something like, well, I'm just damaged goods. And you're like, are you kidding me? You are so magnificent. Right. We can see that in other people. And when we start really bringing it out of the darkness and into the light, it really shines that light on it and it allows it to be healed. And you can see how absurd it is. Yes. How mm. absurd it is. Yeah. I, um, if I wasn't already married, I would ask you to marry me. No, I crushes on each other. I love it. I love I it. Love, <laughs> I love talking about this. And it's just, it's just, it's so dear to my heart. And I've seen people transformed because of this work. And it's just, yeah. it's worthiness at its core is so incredibly important to women in coming into their own and learning, learning how to, I always say like self-acceptance, like before self-love and I don't want to get into mm. that, but I just, I get mm. really emotional and excited to talk about this stuff. So anyway, all right. Yeah. Uh, I was, again, I was, I was binging on your blog and I, I love your vulnerability and you, you talk, I do the same thing and that you talk about your own struggles with your inner mean girl and oh, yeah. write about her too. So can you tell us what your biggest trigger is and what are the steps that you take to manage her? Like say something happened like over the weekend, like what would, what would Amy Ehlers do? Well, yeah, I mean, I always say the reason that I'm so qualified to work with women that are hard on themselves is because I'm incredibly hard on myself. (laughs) It really is, right? I teach what I most need to learn. And so it's not about being an expert in this stuff means that your inner mean girl is reformed all the time. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, and it's like, you know, I just had my second book come out in April of this year And my inner mean girls go berserk this, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever I'm doing anything that puts me more in the public eye, it is, it is fertile ground. And so I just really want to normalize that inner mean girl even more. And this is, you know, you look at someone like Oprah who talks about how her inner mean girl, I, I don't know if you saw the Oprah Barbara Walters interview. Um, that was, I don't know, like maybe like six months ago. I don't know if you saw Probably not. We don't have cable. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So, uh, you know, Barbara Walters interviewed Oprah and it was so fascinating to me because Barbara Walters sitting there talking with Oprah, obviously we all know what I talk about ass kicking, right? Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're like a huge fan of her or not, you got to respect the woman. My gosh. I mean, she's done so many amazing things. And Barbara Walters said, the question was something like, what is something that you want to learn before you die? Like you've done so much. What is it that you want to learn? And Oprah's answer was, I want to learn about how to really deal with food and my weight. Mm -hmm. And Barbara Walters was like, that is not what I thought you were going to say. Like I like with all the things that you have done, like with everything that you have learned with all that you have taught, like I thought you were going to talk about like world peace or world hunger, whatever. And it's really about food and your weight and your body. Mm-hmm. And Oprah was like, yeah, that, that like, this is still her struggle. Mm-hmm. 
And I was just blown away, A, at her vulnerability and her authenticity in that moment to just really answer what her struggle still is. And it just goes to show that you can have all of those outer things. You can have all the money, the fame, the fortune be making a huge difference in the world and a huge difference in people's lives. And we still have those inner mean girls that beat us up about whether it's about our body or being a fraud or not enough or what have you. That outer stuff is is never going to give you that inner peace. That inner peace comes from doing that inner work. Mm -hmm. And so for me... Yeah, my inner mean girl still struggles with all of it. I was just having an inner mean girl attack, which is what we call it. Oh, it's so funny. I call it gremlin attack. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? It's like, it is. And it feels like you are under siege. You are being attacked from the inside out. And I was just having an inner mean girl attack just the other day around some stuff in my business. I was telling you before we started recording here um, that I just joined this, I made this huge investment in this, um, in this program to really help me with my business and take my business to the next level. And I was having just one of those inner mean girl attacks where she was just like, why even bother? Why even bother trying? You're never going to make that big of a difference anyway. Mm -hmm. She was just going, I was just going down the rabbit hole of total insecurity. Do I, does my message even make a difference? Am I even having any impact in the world? Yeah, exactly. Well, right. And this, you know, part of this is like the whole thing about being in a virtual business. Sometimes you forget that you're making a difference. So I'm so grateful because I actually have a retreat that I'm going to be leading soon. And it's just so great to get in a room and and be around other people and look them in the eye and be with them heart to heart. Yeah. To just have that reminder. So in that moment, I always go back to one of our foundational tools. And this is a tool that I wrote about in both of my books. And it's something that's there's some free videos on about on my website and so on and so forth, because it's just one of those things that's so incredibly simple, but incredibly powerful at the same time. And that's the wake up call three-step process. And so this is how the wake up call three-step process goes. And if you're somewhere where you can do this, you can even take out a piece of paper and follow along. Anytime you're feeling any sort of negative emotion, whether it's, you know, you're just a little bit irritated or annoyed about something feeling a little bit like a little bit of the blues or you're completely enraged or totally just in despair. You can go to this three-step process and it'll help just pop you back up and get you back in tune. So the first step is I always ask, what is my inner mean girl saying? Mm -hmm. Because anytime I am feeling a negative emotion, I know that my inner mean girl is right there with a megaphone screaming something at me. And so, you know, it can feel a little bit counterintuitive to actually go and turn up the volume on that inner mean girl station, on the fear station. But sometimes that's exactly what we need to do in order to just let her rant and have her say. Well, she wants to say something. My friend, I'm just going to tell real quick. My friend Kate Courageous always says that your your inner critic wants to say something. They just have really poor communication skills. Mm. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the way that they do it is, is it can the be, delivery really, could be, could be different, you know, <laughs> could be a little nicer. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so by turning up the volume, it's like, and it is, it's like having inside of you that inner two or three year old tantrum. And so, you know, we all know any of us that have been moms of toddlers, 
or any of you that have witnessed a mom of a toddler in a store when the toddler's having the total tantrum, like the worst thing as a mom you can do in that moment is resist the tantrum. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you can do is try to control it, try to shut down that tantrum. (laughs) It will not work, right? It just like what you resist persists. It just makes it louder and bigger and meaner and stronger. Mm -hmm. And then they know that they have you right where they want you. So it's like, instead just creating that safe container for your time, you know, for your toddler to have the tantrum, just be like, wow, you're really upset right now. And then try not to get as triggered as you can. Right. Same thing with this. Like, what is my inner mean girl saying? And turn up the volume and just let her rant, let her throw her tantrum, let her just do it. So over the weekend, it was like, you're, you know, if this is never going to amount to anything, what's the point? The world is so fucked up. Excuse my language. The world is so fucked up. You're, you're screwed. Everybody's screwed. Why did you even bring kids into the world? I mean, she just goes there, right? Just all the way down to that base, big fat lie, whatever it is. And, you know, usually it ends up with like death, being homeless, nobody loving you. You're going to be, you know, deserted. Why don't you just go kill yourself? Like whatever it is, right? When you're, when your inner mean girl's really ranting, it can just go there to those really, really dark places and just let her say it and witness her. And then there'll be a moment when she feels complete. When it's kind of like, hmm, you know, and she stamps her foot, crosses her arms and is like, so there. And you're like, okay, heard you. (laughs) Got it. Okay. And then you go to step two. And so step two is where, and I recommend shifting positions. So if you're doing this right now, if you just let your inner mean girl rant, shift positions, you know, I'm just going to turn my chair a little bit, face another direction, close your eyes, take a deep breath. And now ask, what does my inner wisdom know? What does my inner wisdom know? (sighs) And so just tuning into that inner wisdom space. And for me, over the weekend, my inner wisdom was like, Amy, you're doing a good job. And even if you've just impacted one person and helped one person in the world, that is enough. Mm -hmm. And everything's going to be okay. And there's meaning behind your work. There's meaning behind your work. And as you amplify your message, there will be fulfillment in that for you. It will be fulfilling. And part of your contribution is raising two happy little girls. And people like us are people that are going to make the world a better place. So just tuning in right now to your inner wisdom. What does she know? What does she know? And what I know about the inner wisdom is that even if she needs to deliver a tough love truth, it will come from that space of compassion. So if the message is put the cookie down or get out of this relationship or whatever the message needs to be, she's going to deliver that from a place of total and complete compassion. Mm -hmm. Always. I'm going to stop you for a second before you go on to the next step, because I I want to highlight what you, when you were delivering your message that your inner wisdom tells you, I love that it was relatively neutral because I think Mm. a big misconception in this work is that, you know, we see these inspirational memes all the time on Pinterest and Instagram that are like, change your negative thoughts into positive ones, you know? And and I just, that makes me panic because I'm like, I can't do that, you know, nor do I even teach that. And I I love how you just made it to where you weren't saying, Amy, you are the best (laughs) healer, 
the Western hemisphere has ever seen. You know, because like, I think that we all have bullshit meters that are like, uh, no, that's actually not true. You know, or, or like, that's a little far-fetched. So right. I, I, I just wanted to highlight that you guys see what she did. She, she, um, like paid homage, like was grateful for the other things in her life, like her mothering and her children. And so I just wanted to reiterate that it doesn't have to be completely shifting your negative thoughts into opposite positive ones. It's more of a neutral, more compassionate, passionate way of speaking to yourself. Okay, go on. Well, I love it. And, and it really is about your inner wisdom responding Mm -hmm. and responding Mm -hmm. with truth. Yeah. Cause if my inner wisdom was like, you are making the biggest impact on the planet. I know. You like, I'd be like, what BS? Like you said, the BS meter would be like, what? And it would just send me into another inner meter. Another attack. one, right. You know, and that is actually, we'll get into this in a moment, but that's actually a type of inner mean girl, the overly optimistic partying cheerleader, which we can get into about the different <laughs> archetypes. But yeah, who like wants to sugarcoat everything and make everything seem okay. And so it's like, you know, I have a lot of women and I'm sure that you encounter this too. And, uh, you know, just a lot of women that are trying to transform their relationship with their bodies. And it's like, uh, your inner wisdom can say to you, sweetheart, yeah, we got to get healthy. This right. is not okay. Mm-hmm. This is not okay. And I'm, I've been having a come to Jesus with me, my inner wisdom since having my second baby around that of like, honey, like, we, yeah, we need to release some weight. Like, it is time. Like, let's get into action. What are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. But from a place of compassion and love and truth, mm-hmm. not from a place of shame and punishment and you're such a loser. What's your problem? You're, you know, these pants aren't fitting you and the, you, you should be fitting into these pants by now. Your baby's 50, almost 15 months old. You yeah. know, it's like that will never motivate you for very long, but that loving truth of, yeah, we, we've got to focus on our health. Your body is my body at lately. Andrea has been screaming out for my attention He's around this. Tell you something. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I love that you pointed that out. And it really is about that compassionate, loving truth with a capital T, truth. Yes. Ah, I say that too. Truth with a capital T. Yes. 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 So then, so then step three of this three step process is then this is a neuro linguistic programming technique, an NLP technique that's about actually finding some sort of movement or gesture to go along with your inner wisdom's truth, and then to repeat back your inner wisdom's truth out loud. So for me, I tap on my heart. I'm also a big EFT tapping person. Mm -hmm. So uh, (laughs) yeah, so (laughs) I tap on my heart and then repeat back your inner wisdom's truth. And this is about really starting to build those new neural pathways in your brain that are going to be programmed with loving, compassionate truth. So it really is doing some sort of movement. It can be really small and repeating back that truth. So the three steps again, step one, what is my inner mean girl saying? Let her rant. Step two, close your eyes, take a deep breath. What does my inner wisdom know? And then step three is to repeat back your inner wisdom's truth while doing some sort of small physical movement. And from that place of alignment, of alignment with your truth, that is when you can then look at inspired action. That is when you can really look at that. That is the thing that then will then help propel you into that land of action. But we only want to go into that space of action when we're in alignment with it, when it is aligned with our highest good, our loving truth, our inner wisdom. Those are the actions that we really want to take versus all of those crazy making, you know, 
ungrounded, ridiculous actions that our inner critics and inner mean girls want us to take. Mm -hmm. I love that. And don't you have that on your website as well? The three. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my website, amyailers.com or wakeupcallcoach.com. Um, I know wakeupcallcoach.com is a little easier for people to remember. So you can go there and there's a tab called the three-step process. That's right. You can see this really great video of this young woman named T who got up in front of a couple hundred people at this event I was speaking at and did the three-step process. And truly, every time I watch the video, I have tears in my mm-hmm. eyes because she was so incredibly vulnerable up on the stage and like the things that her inner mean girl was saying to her, they were so mean and cruel. And then it's like her inner wisdom just swooped in. And I mean, you could hear a pin drop. It was so profound, really profound. I love that. And, and if yeah. you guys, um, if it's easier for you to go to your kickass life forward slash five, six, that's where the show notes are. And there'll be all the links that we've been talking about here. Um, awesome. to Amy Ehlers stuff. And I I want to, I love, I love, and I, I know my people love three-step processes. So thank you for (laughs) sharing that with us. Yeah. I I love one of your most recent blog posts where, um, it's titled, is your need to belong sabotaging you? And Mm -hmm. I, I often talk about the difference between fitting in and belonging. And, um, I, I do a lot of, a lot of my work is, um, around the research of Dr. Brene Brown and, and mm. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a part of this blog post, and I'd, I'd love to to talk to you further about it. And and basically, you're talking about um, what is also referred to in our industry as tribal shame. And so let me let me read, and it'll make more sense. So from Amy's blog post, I'm sure you've experienced this yourself when you feel like you're on a growth edge, pulling away from the pack. Under the surface, there is fear that you'll be out outstood. Is that how you say that word? Outsted. Yeah, outsted. (laughs) Outsted if you change too much. Maybe for you, it shows up as a desire to increase your financial prosperity, but your inner mean girl tells you that you'll feel separate from your community who is struggling to pay the bills. Or your inner mean girl tells you that you better get in shape. Your girlfriend, sister, mom, partner might feel scared or jealous of your new physique. Or that if you succeed and take your visionary business to the next level, your colleagues will view you as better than and superior. Or that if you deepen your spiritual practice too much, your friends will think that you've gone woo-woo. The message, consciously or subconsciously, becomes it is not safe for you to shine your light or change for the better. You will be exiled from the tribe. You will no longer belong. You will be seen as disloyal. And I think that this is so common and it's really not talked about that much because I think Mm. that my thoughts around this are when I, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, um, who, of the eat, pray, love wrote a really long post about this and there's been some recent research on it. And it's fascinating to me because I think that too, it's not always said out loud because I think we might come from, and this could be family of origin. It could be your community. It could be your religion, um, a friendship circle, even, even, um, things like Alcoholics Anonymous, like just to Mm -hmm. name one. And and so I think that it's not always said, I think sometimes like we make it up ourselves and I, and I'm speaking from my own experience because even like when I wrote my book and it, it made me really uncomfortable to have my mom read it. And I'm like, mm. I don't want my family because I'm the first female in my family to go to college. And I'm like, I don't want my family 
to think that I'm better or smarter than them because I'm not. So it's like I'm over here making up all this shit (laughs) and I have all this tribal shame when no one has ever said anything to me or even really implied it. So I, I find this whole topic fascinating. So what are your thoughts? I love it. I love that we're talking about this. Yes, because it really is. And I think, you know, there's the conscious ones that we know about. And then there's these really deep seated subconscious ones, subconscious desires to belong. I mean, it really is part of the human psyche. We want to belong. We need to belong. We, We, you know, we really, really need to. And so the question is, when you look at the areas of your life where you have challenges and where there's that ache for change, what is the tribe that you want to belong to versus potentially the tribe that you do belong to? And so really looking at, is there this new thing? And this is why with that business program that I was telling you about, Andrea, I really looked around and said, is this a tribe that I want to belong to? Mm-hmm. Is this the tribe of where I'm headed and where I'm going in my business? Or is this a tribe that's going to reinforce things that don't work for me? And so this is why it's so important to really look at your coaches and your mentors and the groups that you belong to and really consciously make decisions around the people that you surround yourself with. And so for me, I was like, I, I looked at this, at this program. It was a huge investment and so on and so forth. And I was like, okay, where are these people at financially? And I was like, okay, great. I'm, I'm like, I would say in the bottom third of where my business is. Most mm-hmm. of them, these people have multiple seven figure businesses. Okay, good. That's, that's where I'm headed in my business. Okay, cool. All right. That's good. Most even more important to me financially was what is like the vibration? What is the belief of this group? Is this going to be about pushing my business to the next level around pushing and really stepping into, you know, I know there's kind of a lot of talk about this nowadays, but that overly masculine thing of I'm going to push, I'm going to grow my business like from this place of pushing, you know, and it's like, right. You and I both believe in ass kicking. I love ass kicking. I love being a kick-ass woman and I know for me, my growing edge is around what does it look like for my business to really flow to the next level? What does it look like for me to have more team, you know, and more structure inside my business so that I am working less while creating more impact and income? What does that look like? And is this going to be the type of program where everyone's going to be working 16, 17 hour days in order to have their bottom line increase? not interested. I'm not interested in being around those people because I know that I will then get sucked into the group and all of a sudden I'll find myself working 16, 17 hour days and and pushing my business. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this was really important because I remember I was, um, I was working with a coach, um, when my first book was launched, I was working with this coach who is awesome. She's so inspiring, so amazing. And all of a sudden I realized that she was literally working 16 hour days and was not taking care of herself physically at all. And I'm like, why am I getting coached by this person who does not have this together? Now, this is not to say that my coaches can have to be perfect not by no means, but it's like when you're working with a coach or mentor, whether it's in whatever area of your life, whether it's with your visionary business or it's around motherhood and parenting or it's around, you know, your health and your wellness and your well-being, really looking at is this person really are they modeling and living what I want to be modeling and living. Mm-hmm. And I just think I think that it's so important. So I really made a commitment to myself that re- no matter what area of my life whether it's my spiritual growth or my physicality and my health and or my business or what have you, 
I was only going to really work with people and join groups where I really felt like people were living the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to be living and that had those values lined up for them. I, I love that. And I think that what comes up a lot for my audience, what I hear, because I preach this too, you know, yeah. make sure you surround yourself with people that are in alignment with maybe not the values that you practice 100% in your life, but definitely are the values that you want to adhere to in your life on a regular basis. Cause it'll come, it'll come. It's practice one day at a time. Yeah. But I think, I think what I hear a lot is I can't find them. And I'm looking and looking and they're just not out there. And I just want to say this because I know that there's some people listening who are saying that and I'm just talking to you, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I think that if yeah. you can't find them, I would love you to do Amy's three-step process and ask the universe yeah. for them. I think that there's yeah. so much power in asking for what you want. And my second part of that is to work on yourself like nobody's business because um, Amy, my best friend, one of my favorite quotes that she says is the universe can't show up unless you do. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you, it, it is so powerful. I mean, I can't even tell you the people that started showing up in my life when I took full responsibility for my life, instead of blaming everybody else for my circumstances and started working on myself, like it was my job. And all of a sudden these people get dropped into my life that I was just in awe of. And many of them are still in my life. And so that's what I just want to say for anybody out there that's, that's talking to their phone right now, right. <laughs> talking to us like, well, that's easy for you to say, I can't find them. They're out there. Work on yourself and ask the universe for them. Absolutely. And it really is about consciously saying, this is what I want. And I would say, you know, we talk about this all the time when people are looking for love and trying to find their soulmate, their, you know, one of their, one of their soulmates, as I like to put it, you know, a romantic partner, they then make their, their list, right? The dream list of what is the dream list for your romantic partner? That's often an exercise, but what is your dream list for your friends? What is your dream list for your coach? What is your dream list for your weight trainer? What is your dream list for, you know, other visionaries that you want to surround yourself with really stepping into that consciousness and actually writing about it, writing about how you want to feel when you're around these people, writing about how you want to feel when you get off the phone with your life coach. If you're, if you're going that route, Mm -hmm. really consciously making that list, not from a space of rigidity and being like, ah, this person needs to meet these requirements, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but from that inner wisdom space of these are the kind of people that I want to draw into my life. Yeah. And, and when, as you get more and more clarity, and I think the key is there, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you interact with these people? Mm -hmm. That I think that is so key and that will really carry you into magnetizing those people into your life and attracting them in. And also it will really make that, you know, that part of our brain, the reticular activation system that really notices things, right? right? It's that yeah, whole phenomenon of when, mm-hmm. you know, you buy a red Prius and then all you see out on the road is other red Priuses. <laughs> it's not that they weren't there before. It's just that it, your brain decided it wasn't important. But all of a sudden you will be able to find people. You will see them the way that you had never seen them before yeah. because you, you're letting your brain know. Hey, this is important to me. These type of people are important to me. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, like just to tag on to that, I I, because I give that exercise out every once in a while, and I also never get give out that exercise without also giving out the exercise of 
also make a list of how you're going to show up in the world. Because I think it's one thing to make a list of what you want, but I just, I just sort of, I don't know, maybe it was because of my own experience. Like I made that list and I felt like I was handing out job applications for people. And it's like, okay, you have to meet this criteria. But then it's like, what am I going to do? Because it's scary as all hell a lot of times to work on ourselves. But if you ask for this person and then they show up in your life and then you're like, that's great. I'm going to stay the same. Well, that's not fair. (laughs) Right. Well, right. And it's like, be the person that you want to find. Exactly. Really look at the, all those qualities that you want in your lover and your coach and your kids and your whatever. And then look in the mirror and say, how can I be that person? How can you walk? Because yeah, exactly. Like attracts like for sure. And it's like, you know, it really is. It's, you know, I remember for me when I, um, first moved up back up to the San Francisco Bay area, which is where I live now and where I'm originally from, I was pregnant with my first daughter and I was going through a business divorce as I will call it, because Mm -hmm. it really did feel like a business divorce from a business partner of mine at the time. And it was really stressful and really hard. And I didn't really know anyone here in the San Francisco Bay area. I hadn't lived here since I was 17 years old and I had all, all my family, but I didn't really have a community of friends and a community of colleagues. And so I started to really consciously say, you know, I really want, I'm, I'm a huge extrovert, as you probably can notice from the way that <laughs> I, I talk, huge extrovert. So community and especially working from home, it's like community was hugely important to me. And so I really looked at what is, who are the people that I want to surround myself with? What are the kind of colleagues that I want to have? And I have to tell you now, I, I pinch myself daily with the people that I get to hang out with, like with the colleagues that I get to hang out with other authors and teachers and visionaries and bloggers and all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. The, the you, women. Yeah. How long do you think that took you? Just cause I know people want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it kind of came up, came on a little bit of gangbusters. It felt a little bit like a waterfall. It was what I did is I actually back in, um, gosh, what was it? 2009, I did a series called the Women Masters Teleseminar Series. And it was completely, I invested all this money in it because up until that time, I've, I've been life coaching now for 15 years. But prior to 2009, I really was running you know, a one-on-one coaching practice and then had corporate coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And when this business divorce happened, I was like, I, I really want to understand how to do things virtually. I'm about to, ha- you know, I at that time I had just had a baby I wanted to be at home. I didn't want to be traveling to work with corporate clients. So I invested a whole bunch of money in learning about internet marketing with a, a teacher. And one of the things I heard about was building your list through doing a telesummit. And I was like, oh, okay, that seems interesting. I'd like talking to people. I'd like to interview people. That sounds really fun. So I made a list of all of my favorite luminaries and teachers. And I was went on a run and I said, okay, give me a sign if I'm supposed to do this. And the idea of the women masters came into my mind on this very particular run. I remember it as if it was clear as day, wild. And doing that series ended up changing my entire life. And now, and basically a whole bunch of the people that I ended up interviewing on that series, I ended up becoming really close friends with. And so it was really that particular series. And that just, it opened it, like the floodgates opened of the community here. I started being invited to different dinners and people's book signings. And, and I just always said, yes, it was like an opportunity after opportunity. Yes, yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's get together for coffee. Yes. 
And it was like this huge, you know, spiral of all of these wonderful and amazing people coming into my life. So I would say, you know, by the end of 2009, I felt like I started really having some really great friendships, including Christina Rilo, who I then um, later co-founded Intermingle Reform School with. And then now, you know, we have this book out five years later about the topic, like, which is just crazy to me. Um, Cause I would have never thought five years ago that we would have ended up, you know, getting a Simon and Schuster book deal and doing all this stuff. It's mm-hmm. wild to me, but that all came from her assistant doing a Google search and finding, you know, interme- um, my women masters teleseminar series. And then Christine sent me an email and we ended up living five minutes away from each other, which is unheard of in the San Francisco Bay area. <laughs> so it was like, I mean, it's, it's, it's legendary. Um, it, you know, for me in my life of, of what the women masters really led to in my life. Well, that's amazing. And such a testimony to you. Like you just said, even really quickly, or like I asked, I went on a run and asked for you know, a sign kind I of, have, and yeah. then you got it. And I think that it's just, it's persistence and consistency, you guys, and, and all of this work and everything that we've talked about, it's persistence and consistency. And I can guarantee you, I can speak for Amy too, that we still work on this stuff every single day. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. yeah. Faux Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that? I said faux show. Faux show. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, thank it, you. So I, I'm definitely going to have to have you on again because I didn't get to ask you everything I wanted to ask you. So you're, <laughs> I'm telling you now, I'm being bossy. You're going to have to say yes and come back on in a, in a month or so. We'll you part me? Two. I could talk for hours with you. Yeah, I know we can, we can give out all of our tools and, and help everyone transform their inner mean girls. So Thank you again so much, you guys. Show notes are at yourkickasslife.com forward slash five, six. And Amy, please tell everyone the easiest way they can contact you and read everything that you've ever written in the world. <laughs> they could just head over to wakeupcallcoach.com. And at wakeupcallcoach.com, there's a um, wake up your inner wisdom kit that's free there. And you'll find out about my books and blogs and all of that good stuff. So wakeupcallcoach.com. Thank you so much for being here. And ladies, I will see you next time for episode 57. And until then, I will see you in cyberspace. Bye-bye.